Hi, my name is Shirley Bilson, and I'm your host for the Revelation podcast. This podcast is about reinvention, courageous goal setting, and inclusive thinking for results. It's a mix of personal journey, reinvention stories, strategies, and exploring the critical role of what goes on between your ears, taking a conscious look at unconscious thinking. Always remember, if you jump in deep enough, you don't have time to be scared. Well, good morning to you. Who says you can't reinvent yourself over 40? I don't know, actually. I'm not sure anybody actually says you can't do that. But actually, there's something that sort of happens as you enter your 40s and your 50s. And I haven't yet hit my 60s, but I'm sure something similar might happen. Well, your thinking changes. There's something that alters and it kind of creeps up on you, even though there is that moment, isn't there, where you, you hit that 40 milestone and you're aware that maybe, maybe something different is about to happen. And often it can feel like, I think for many people, it's a, a kind of leaving behind of, of youth, of optimism, of excitement, of plans, of dreams, of goals. And yet, certainly in my experience, it was a time when those dreams and goals and optimism and excitement were completely rekindled, which is not to say it hasn't been a complete roller coaster ride. So let me talk you through how my 40s were. Uh, because I can only talk from my personal perspective because that's all I have. That's all any of us have. But I'll share my story in the hope that you can relate to some of it, part of it, all of it. So here goes. So when I hit 40, it was like most other people's 40th. It was just a number. It was just a day. I don't even particularly remember my 40th birthday at all. I was still married. And I had a 10-year-old son. He was, he was nine going on 10. So he was still at primary school. And I don't really remember. I don't think my life... I think my life was kind of dull at that point. You know, I was a parent of a child at primary school. My marriage wasn't that great. Uh, I lived in a nice part of the world. But, you know... I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on any specific thing that would say, yeah, this is, this is great. And I think, did I have a job? Didn't I have a job? Don't remember. I think I did. I think I was probably doing marketing for someone. Who knows? And then I think 42 was, a, was the age when big change started to happen. And at that point... So the first change, the first dramatic change, and this happens for many of us, and it could happen at any time, but it's quite common in our 40s. When I was 42, I split from my husband. So there was all the drama associated with separation uh, and ultimate beyond that divorce, which meant I unusually moved out of the family home, not for any other reason other than that I, I could see that was the only way I could end this particular relationship. And I knew I needed to end this relationship. It was killing me. 
so I moved out and even though I knew that's what I wanted it's still like a huge upheaval even though you know you don't want to be with this person it's still painful and difficult and the the upside at that time was that because of this huge emotional upheaval I didn't eat very much and I lost a bit of weight that I probably needed to lose and I started to look actually quite fantastic which was a real bonus like oh my goodness I can look okay and I remember going to the hairdresser one day and I sat in the chair and I said to the hairdresser right I want you to make me look and feel like I'm 35 which was no big deal because I was 42 but to me being in my 30s was different. Being in my 30s was still alive and vibrant with possibility that I could do things. And I remember, bless them, because hairdressers would, wouldn't they? But I felt flattered that they said, oh, you mean you're older than 35? You don't look it. So I, I took that, I, I kind of puffed up my little peacock thinking, hmm, hmm, look at me, I'm hot. And anyway, I had my hair done, it was great. And I had it coloured and I hadn't had that done for ages. So I was reinventing how I looked. And I remember I went and, and I got myself a flat. It was really, really cool because I took my son with me and we were looking for somewhere to rent. And my 40s, I have to say, were incredibly selfish age. I was really doing things for me. And with hindsight, were there elements of that that were completely selfish, where I disregarded what my son needed? Yes, yes, there were. But I think it was it was what needed to happen. It was what needed to happen for me. And ultimately, you have to let go. And I don't mean ignore. I didn't ignore my son. I didn't leave him anywhere. <laughs> I took him with me. But sometimes you really do have to step into a selfish place. And. 40s midlife maybe is that place so anyway it was lovely we went looking at flats and it was really important for me that we found somewhere that both of us wanted to live and we looked at a couple of places that were frankly not great you know the you know the style kind of old carpets old furniture someone's just trying to make some money out of a building but really doesn't actually care at all whether you might like living there, you know, a kitchen that's not been redone, really old, fusty, dark, dismal places. And this was not the way I envisaged the way my life was going. So luckily my son must've been thinking the same thing. He must've been thinking, oh, this is dull and dismal and dark and dingy. And the agent, smart agent, took me to a place outside of my price bracket, which of course, was exactly what I wanted. It was brand new, but it was a refurbished brand new. It was, it was in a lovely town. It was not far from the family home. That my son could still get to school even easier than before. It was, it was a bigger town. We moved from a village to a little town and everything was brand spanking new. And there was a dishwasher, which I hadn't had up to that point. I think a dishwasher may well have been the key highlight of my forties, a dishwasher. So we moved in and it was fantastic. We loved it. You know, I loved for the first time, it was a real moment of me stepping away from my marriage and back into me. So, and it could have been really hard because I couldn't actually afford 
this place. I had at that point no income at all, which meant I had to go out. Oh, and the reason backtrack, the reason I had no income, I did actually have a business of my own and my co-director had was in her 30s and she was pregnant and she'd gone off on maternity leave and I'd lost all enthusiasm for this business. There were issues with uh, a rogue contractor who had not done the job he was supposed to do, which meant my client didn't get what they wanted, which meant we weren't earning the money we needed. And I just lost all enthusiasm. So actually, I stopped earning. I folded the business, which meant I had to go out and I got, I went from running a business to doing part-time waitressing and part-time working in a kitchen shop. And there was another part-time job too, which I forget what it was even. So I was running three different part-time jobs to pay the rent on this flat. And my husband and I, despite the fact that we had huge animosity towards one another within our relationship, made it work in terms of our son and splitting assets. We didn't get into a fight about it, which was amazing because we got into a fight about pretty much everything, but we didn't get into a fight about this. We said, no, let's be grown up. We don't care. So our son, we split care, which meant I had three days of precious freedom every week. And I went a bit wild. I did, I went a bit wild. I partied, I learned salsa, I hung out with my friends, I went out with men, I dated. For all I was worth, I was rediscovering myself and it was incredible. And I'm realizing as we're nine minutes into this podcast, that this journey of my midlife is going to take more than one podcast because this is just the beginning. This was just my early 40s when I went on a complete self-indulgent period. I went from the part-time jobs, which were just about paying the rent, had the money from the split of the house, fortunately, and got another job, do some marketing, uh, for a local council and and NHS. I had a split job for a while. And I had enough money then. And I had this little freedom because my the care of my son was split between me and my husband. I had the freedom to go to Spain once every six weeks because I love, 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 love Barcelona. It's my second home. Every six weeks, I hopped on a flight and went there for the weekend. It was just delicious, luxurious, wonderful. But I did have a grander plan, and my grander plan for me and my son, I was determined I wanted him to grow up bilingual, to experience another culture, to grow in confidence and and get all that confidence that comes from learning another language, being immersed in another culture. And I found a flat out there and I bought it on a whim. That's another story. So I bought this flat on a whim in a place called Tarragona, which is an hour from Barcelona. And it's a smaller town. It's still on the sea, but I really love it there. And I did love it. So I found the school, uh, got my son out there. He loved it. He loved the school. We found this English uh, international school where they were a mix of Spanish and international students and they had a pool. It was just a glorious place. But then 
a spanner was thrown in my my works of my 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 life plan was working out really nicely and then the headmaster of my son's school refused to allow my son a year out that was my plan i had enough money to pay for private schooling for my son for a year by which time i thought that will get him through his gcses i think oh yeah i think i think by that time he was he was I've fast forwarded a few years here. He was coming close to doing his GCSEs. He could do those in the Spanish school. And I thought a year out, that would be great. That will change everything. But the headmaster of the English school wouldn't allow it. And suddenly his father got belligerent and wouldn't allow it either. So all of a sudden I have a flat in Spain and my son needs to stay in England. So I had to make a choice which meant I went home. And then at that point, it didn't happen overnight. Uh, I found another nice flat. I still was working, had a good job and things remained good. I've moved out of that dating phase and into a phase where I was just chilled, just chilled. I don't need to do all this dating stuff. I found myself a flat in the UK, which was not a great flat. And I'm thinking, I may park this before I get into my 50s because I've told the story from my 50s before. So if I can try and fast forward you into that point where everything fell apart. So everything's still going really well, except, except I got belligerent, isn't really the word, but resentful about the fact that my plan, my lovely plan of living in Spain with my son hadn't worked out. And I was a bit like a sulky teenager. I kind of, imagine me kind of trudging around. I didn't do this, but metaphorically I did. I was trudging around with my shoulders down, being a teenager and not happy. And so I bought this flat that I didn't really like didn't like it at all in a town which is a beautiful town called Tetbury in the Cotswolds and most people would go oh isn't it lovely there but I didn't want to be there did not want to be there thought the place was dull as ditch water you know I was a Barcelona girl that's how I saw myself so I bought this crappy flat because that's all I could afford because remember I bought the flat in Spain uh and I wanted just somewhere that was big enough that I could be with my son. Except of course, by then he was sort of settled with his dad. So that made me even more grungily, reluctantly grim and miserable and sulky. So I'm living in this crappy flat that I don't want to live in, in a town I don't want to live in. And my son's not living with me. And I was really sulky and miserable for quite a while. Eventually he did move in with me and I did the flat up a bit, but I still couldn't get past this. I don't want to be here. Don't want to be here. Not happy. And so it was, it was really was like I'd gone into this second teenage period of my life. So I kind of was, I was being the teenager, which maybe didn't give my son an opportunity to be a teenager, even though he was. But things continued to get good for me, get even better. So despite my miserable bleh, 
I finally reached a point. I'd gone through decades of men are all bastards. You know, there weren't any good men out there. It was, You were better off on your own because they were all rubbish and eventually the gloss would go and the excitement of sex at the beginning wasn't enough to compensate for the fact that someone was slobbing around in your space, not letting you buy the furnishings you wanted, organise the place the way you wanted, have it clean the way you wanted and burping and farting and generally being unhelpful and making a mess, which was how I perceived men at that time. They were good for one thing. I was, I was sexist in reverse you know they were good for one thing but other than that I didn't want them in my home didn't want them messing up probably not the best environment for my son but hey ho we make mistakes so with this attitude I suddenly changed and I let go of because despite thinking that I also felt there was something lacking I still had that I need someone to complete me I'm not whole if I don't have a man in my life and there's this pulling in two different directions you want someone but you don't really want them making a mess of your house and that's where I was so I'm this sulky teenager aged late 40s mid 40s who wants a man but not actually making a mess in the house and there's all these contradictions going on. I, I want to live somewhere with my son, but I don't want to be in this town in Tetbury. I've reached this crossroads where everything's all messy. And, and then suddenly I let go. And this is quite prophetic because this becomes a theme that I will come back to and I've, I've covered before as part of reinvention, but I didn't fully realise the extent of how powerful this is. I let go of the whole men are all shits attitude and I began to date without any intention of you know long-term relationships but actually just seeing men for who they are for what they wanted as people oh my goodness people who had worries and cares and desires just like me and I began to realize that that men were different oh surprise men are different from women um but I, I learned something about how men like us to be clear about what it is we want, that, that they, they're quite simple. They, they just simply say what it is you want. And women are all, oh, I need you to work this out. Why don't you understand? So we go through this dance, which is definitely what happened in my marriage, where one of, one of us is wishing the other one would just behave how we'd like them to behave, but they need to know it. What's the matter with them? Why can't they work this out? Women work this out, women understand, women do. But men leave clarity. They need you to say, I want to be in a relationship with you. I'd like to have sex now. I need the washing up to be done. They need clarity. And when I let go of all of that, you have to figure this out. It was so liberating. And then I let go of the whole need for someone in my life, anyone, to complete me. Because I realised I was complete. I was complete. I didn't need anyone to complete me. I was complete. And I had a great life. I began to move out of that sulky teenage place into a place where I was happy. 
I earned money, I had a good job, I lived in a nice town, I had good friends, I pretty much did what I wanted, I had a great son, I realised I had all these wonderful things and I had interests in my life. I did Taekwondo, several times a week I did Taekwondo, I had a black belt for goodness sake. I went places I wanted to go. If I wanted to go to Barcelona, I went to Barcelona. I realised my life was pretty damn amazing and I let go of the need for a partner because here's what we often do. We create a lack in our lives. We spoil the moment by focusing on the lack, the thing we don't have. And I'd been doing that for too long. So I let go of that. I let go of a lack, I let go of the missing something, something I don't have, and I just focused on everything I had. And I wasn't trying to be grateful. I was. I was genuinely grateful. I was happy. It was fine about everything. I let go of the need for someone. And then something happened that people tell you happens, but you don't quite believe it will happen to you. I was not looking for anyone ever. I realised that maybe for the rest of my life I might never meet someone. Maybe there was no such thing as a soulmate for me. I really let go of that completely. Not in sadness, not in sulkiness, just, just let go. I went, if my life gets no better than this, it's pretty damn good. I'm okay with that. And I was okay with, with men too. I'd kind of made peace with what I thought they were. I no longer hated them all. So this was all good. And of course, once I did that, I'd let go of demanding that men be something for me. And I'd let go of demanding that my life was missing something without a man. I let go of all of it. And then, then I met someone. Someone who didn't fit my version of what I thought previously I wanted. Didn't fit it at all. So of course he wasn't someone I would have been looking for because he didn't fit the mould. So I'm going to end it here. This man, and there was a year of dancing, of not knowing we didn't, we didn't get together for, for a year. We just were in the same circle. And that was new for me too, because I was either in a relationship or, or never spoke to them, never saw them again. So there was a year, and I'm going to end this podcast by saying this man turned out to be the man of my dreams, my soulmate, the thing that I didn't know even existed, that I, I had given up even desiring and not in a sulky way, just let go of, I'd let go of it. And the minute I let go, there you are there's the very thing that you've let go of right there we're still together we are now civil partners we chose not to go the married route we discovered this year 2020 the year of coronavirus that we didn't have to get married but we could have a civil partnership which is what we've done my life is still great he's everything i would want someone to be i can't imagine life without him so I've moved to a completely different place. And my 50s are the year of discover, years of discovery about who I am. So I'm reinventing myself in a different way in my 50s. And as I head towards my 60s, reinventing 
more of my inner self because you never stop discovering those little you think you've sorted everything and then oh oh there's this thing oh 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 I haven't dealt with that oh I didn't realize I hadn't dealt with that so I'm reinventing myself on that and you you would have heard if you've listened to other podcasts you'll have heard a big chunk of the story of my current reinvention around my business and self-belief and fulfilling potential but that's a whole other story so today's episode was really about raising the question of saying here's my story of reinvention snippets of it relationships little bit of business but mostly relationships and life and where you live and how you feel about yourself so my 40s I would say were the most glorious time where I discovered I could live differently I could finally live my life on my terms in one capacity when it came to relationships and the way I looked physically and where I lived my 50s were way more challenging and now I'm heading into my 60s and it's going to be more about back into what do I really want my life to be my contribution to the world to myself of making a difference a real difference and that's why I'm going to leave this episode I'm sure parts of that will resonate with you and I hope some of them will give you hope and optimism and that you'll share your story or parts of your story as they relate to mine. Okay, have a fabulous day. That's today's podcast over and out. Speak to you soon. Bye.